What is that thing you've been wanting to do, but you haven't done yet? For me, see, I feel I have a, a couple of books in me, but for some reason, well, for many reasons, one of them being believing that what I have to say is not valuable, I've not written these books, but I'm beginning to make a turn towards doing it anyway and choosing not to believe the lie. Instead, I'm listening better to what God has to say on the matter. How about you? Well, I posted that in the Courageous Community, and my friend Tasha Smith said, listen, I resonate with you on that, and now it is officially off the list. That was one of the things on my list, but now it's off the list. And I said, why? Why don't you do it? And she said, no, because it goes to print on Tuesday. So she overcame the fear of writing. She overcame the sense that maybe what she had to contribute wasn't valuable. And she did it anyway. And she comes on the podcast today to share with me and with you how she did it. And I'm excited to have her on. Now, with this episode, after the bumper music, it'll go right into our interview. I was on my phone. I normally sit in my studio, record the interview, but I was on my phone. I was out and about working because I got our times mixed up. And we went ahead and did the interview anyway. And I think it was a great conversation, as always it is, with Tasha Smith. This book is amazing. This book is for you. If you are in network marketing, this book is for you. If you're in sales in any way, this book is called Customer First. Create more impact and income with your network marketing business without being high pressure or salesy. You're going to love it. And you're going to find out how to get it for free. Coming up next, my conversation with Tasha Smith. This is Courage Cast. Encouraging one another so that more will believe. Tasha Smith, welcome to the Courage Cast. Hi, Eric. It's great to chat with you again. I love chatting with you. So thanks for having me on. I do too. We had such a great conversation. Maybe it was like a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe. It was a long time. Yeah. yeah. It was a long time ago, and but but so much has happened in your life since then, and uh, you gave us so much. Like you really got, you shared a lot of personal stories, which I think people resonate with so much when you get vulnerable, uh, when anyone gets vulnerable. Uh, so thank you for doing that, and I'm I'm I know you have some some more stories for us in your journey. But let, why don't you kind of, if people don't know who you are, why don't you just Tell us briefly a little bit of your background uh, and where you are now in the in the, in your business and your in life my, in my world. Okay, so uh, I met Eric because I'm a business coach. Uh, specifically, we work with a lot of folks in the network marketing industry, specialize in sales and sales leadership, and now uh, we do social media, which is cool. And I got into this. It's been almost ex- a little over four years now that I have been uh, coaching. And so I do a a one-on-one coaching. We now have the membership, which you guys need to know that Eric actually named 
<laughs> so he came up with the name, the the surge, and it was the exactly <laughs> right name for what we were hoping to create for our membership. So we do, we really specialize in skill development. That's what I do professionally all day. I am in the thick of it. If there, I assume if we're courage casters, we probably have a ton of entrepreneurs on there. So I'm in year four, which is the thick of our of the market testing you, which is right right in the middle of are you a chomper or are you a champ, um, which I've been told happens in year three, <laughs> which I think my husband says that happens for TV shows too because season three is always like a complete disaster. Pay attention to that <laughs> when you watch. Like season three is like so sensational, like as much sex, drugs, and violence as a show could possibly have in season three. So we're just coming out of that. And so so that's what I do on a daily basis. I absolutely love it. One-on-one coaching is my favorite, favorite thing to do. Um, and we live in Southern California. I have two girls. They're seven and nine. They um, are almost their first belt away from being black belts. So they're right. I'm not going to mess. I'm not going to mess with them. Uh, Do not mess with them. They say they choose not to kill people. Uh, And they, uh, they do play, we play hockey. We're a hockey family and, and we have a hound dog that's going to start barking in 29 minutes. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. I said it earlier. Um, no, that's super cool. I love that. You also love hoodies and tacos. That's kind of what you're known for. It's part of your brand. Yep. So everyone that's listening, um, we met, we connected via the doTERRA uh, network marketing business that, that everyone knows I've been in for about eight years now. And uh, Tasha's program, the Emerge sales training program, uh, really made a lot of waves Back in 2016, 2017 was when I was introduced to it. And it really, it, we took the training throughout our entire team. Many of my team members went through the training and are better for it. They still use your uh, awesome. method, methodology. Uh, your way of teaching is very natural. And, and that's one of the things I love about the Emerge system, uh, sales uh, training uh, that you do. But you have a, a book that you're about to release. This sounded like a big labor of love for you. Or was it a labor of pain? Um, very much both. Um, so literally before we start recording, and there's going to be a delay on this, I actually have published now while I was waiting for Eric to log uh-huh. in. So it's pretty fresh right now. I did. I wrote a book. It's called Customer First. So I wrote that. And you say labor, labor of love. And I think... I'm not sure exactly. There's so much to talk about, about the creation of a book. But this, this conversation came about because you had posted in your courageous community group. What's one thing that you wanted to do? And you said, uh, write a book. Someone else said, write a book. And I said, it used to be write a book, but now it's off the list. Mm -hmm. And because uh, at that point I had finished it and it was just, we're just waiting on it being formatted. Um, to be able to upload. And so Eric wanted to talk about that whole process. Um, so I am an open book, I guess. <laughs> I know that was bad. Um, I, I didn't write uh, down notes here that I wanted to make sure I didn't miss, but Eric, what, what questions do you have about the process? Cause I know this is a deeply personal issue for you. 
it is. And, and I'm, I'm learning from everyone who's kind of gone before me uh, and written a book. My wife just finished a book and she's about to release the book on March 1st. So we're, she's right behind you. And cool. it was a, a long, arduous process. Um, a lot of editing. Now we partnered with a, we partnered with a book publisher. You did it a little bit differently. I think you're in essence sort of self-publishing your yeah, book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a, there's the interest that I have in what, what is it like to self-publish, but let me go back to that post that I posted that you commented on that started this all, because I think it's important for everyone to sort of put themselves in your shoes, in my shoes. My post said, what is the thing you've been wanting to do, but you haven't done yet? And that's when you said, uh, I, uh, I, you know, and I, then I con continued, I wrote for me, I feel like I have a book or two or three in me. And then you said, uh, it resonates with me, but it's officially off the list. And I said, after that, why are you, are you thinking that you can't do it anymore? And you said, no, it's, it's because it's going on out of print on Tuesday. And, um, you talked about there, how freaking terrifying writing it has been yeah. and, um, how I got through it. So I want you to talk about the freaking terrifying part. Yeah. Okay. Courage cast. Gets deep real fast. We dive uh, right in. So for context, I've been coaching uh, for four years in the network marketing industry. I've been in sales sales training for 19 years. So Jan uh, July 5th, it'll be officially half of my life, which I think is kind of a funny stat, nerd stat. For context, it's a 169-page book. Um, I have gone from writing to clicking on the button today in three months and three days. So just to give you an idea on, on time frame, um, And so I'll talk a little bit about the challenges of getting started. I think that's, that's part of it. And then what opened up for me. So I've been whatnot in my space, a public figure. Um, I struggle with something called imposter syndrome. There is a full chapter on imposter syndrome in the book because I had to include it. And what that is, is everyone's going to think you're a fraud. Um, so I kind of dealt with a lot of that um, at this point in my career. I work with a lot of leaders that, I mean, they are founders of their company, master distributors of their company. The, my life has changed since we met. You know, I, I started out with my first client made like $50 a month. Now one of my clients makes a couple million a year. So it's just a completely different thing. So I had to walk through all of this imposter syndrome and I really thought it was behind me until I started writing. Hmm. And so what's really interesting is I can charge, I charge, I mean, I charge $500 an hour, but the, how terrifying it was to write something down that we were going to sell for $10 was insane. I wrote down what were the biggest challenges. Well, the first one was just where do I start? So I have a bunch of started books. You know, when I first opened my business, people said you should write a book. And whenever it starts with the word should, be careful because that's a shame word. And I couldn't figure out what, what even to write about. That was the hard thing. There were so many. I have uh, half written recruiting or selling is like dating, more of a comedic piece. I have a book called Selling Hope, which is more of an autobiography type piece. 
but nothing was really settling until I heard, well, what's your signature speech? I heard someone say, and I have a signature speech. It's the closing workshop that we do for all the leaders. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to write from that. And so that really, really helped, but I think it was being seen. So I always worked off of referrals, uh, which means I don't have to be very public. I wouldn't wish fame on my worst enemy, right? Eric, you and I met through a referral. I met your team through a referral. And there is so, there's so much safety in working through referrals, right? It's obviously yes. more profitable. It's more helpful, but you don't have to actually, I never once, despite all the people we've coached, we've coached 8,000 people right now, had to stand up and say, hi, I'm an expert. Mm, got I it. got to be introduced to you probably, Kirk, probably. Kirk Franklin, yes. Not Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Kirk Hamilton. <laughs> so I didn't have to do that. Kirk called Eric and said, Eric, Tasha's an expert. You guys need to work with her. I never had to stand up in the marketplace and say, hi, I'm here. And that feeling was, I didn't expect it. I thought I had already dealt with it. The other thing was the permanence of it being in writing. Yes. So if I'm, if I'm speaking with someone right? We can always just go back and correct something. We can re-record a video, right? We can talk through stuff. So the room for error, there's a lot more room for error. Well, I mean, as soon as I write something, every typo is like all the type A people are like, did you know that this is unprofessional or whatever, right? <laughs> like it's just sometimes, <laughs> I'm sure you get them too. Oh yeah. And um, I thought that was, that was really difficult just realizing the permanence of it. The other piece there's many, I wrote down a bunch, um, was the books I read. So I'm a neuroscience nerd. And so the books I read are very heavily researched. And so then I was writing an, a, not, I wouldn't call it purely opinion, but it was like, here's what I think is the best way. So have some imposter syndrome without research the way everything that I loved. When I go back to all the books I loved, they were had case study after case study after case study. And we've just been coaching. So then yeah. I was like, how on earth, like, this is just garbage. But, but in essence, let me stop you there. You have 8,000 case studies and that's how you came to your opinion. Well, correct. And I know this, but the book isn't written with, here's the case study of Eric's team. Here's what they did before. Here's what right. they did after. Sure. Here's the story, right? In the way a scientific approach would be used right? We had 200 people go through this course and, you know, here's the, like, that's what I was, that's what I read. Mm -hmm. So I was comparing my beginning, right? My three month project, um, outside of my coaching practice, evening, weekend project to someone who had been commissioned for five years. By yeah. a publishing agent, right. But right. at the same time to me, that was a good book. So this was not a good book. Right, like, sure. Quality, academic, right? Uh, right. I mean, ultimately, I have academic training. I was going to be a lawyer. So that was really, really hard for me. Um, it was also a new skill. Mm -hmm. Writing a book was something I had never done before. So it was like going back to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And so you spend your whole day in this, like, very much zone of genius. And then you go to this place where you're like, I'm writing a book. I don't know how to do this. And the other thing is I'm right. incredibly extroverted. I mean, I'm not like the outgoing person, but I do draw my energy from people. Writing a book is lonely. Like it yeah. was really, really hard for me. 
to not be talking or to mm-hmm. be communicating with someone. And that was uh, really, really difficult for me. And I think probably the biggest thing was our 2020 marketing strategy hinges upon the success of our book. Oh, yeah, a lot of pressure. So That's you, a lot you of had, pressure. You had, you had fear. You had the, uh, the fear of, am I good enough? Is this going to be good enough? Is this not, you know, how, this feels like garbage compared to everything else I read. And then you also had the pressure of. This better be good. Are you and your best friend are out of jobs? Yeah. Meeting expectations. Yeah. yeah and exceeding expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Good. And then, and then the, 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 um, the confidence, the confidence factor of, I've never written a book before and it's, it's not in your lane and wheelhouse uh, and strength of sitting, sitting in front of a blank blinking cursor uh, is, is a whole different experience. I've tried it before. I've tried to, to do like 500 to 750 words at a time a day exercises. And the longest I've ever been able to go is about five days. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rock your world right now when I get to what helped. Okay, I I'm so that. excited to share this with you because as as friends, I know this is gonna get your book published. All right, ready, ready for the good news. This is for me. I don't care who's listening. I just care about it for me. Okay, so, so. one of the things that I had done is I actually stopped taking clients while I was writing the book. Which that's risky. That's risky. Oh, well, it was a huge financial investment to move to the membership, right? You know, the price point for the membership. Yes. Our previous price point and stop taking clients while I was writing at the same exact time. So what's really interesting is when we are courageous, this is to everyone, God shows up. We knew we were going to take, I'm not going to use numbers. I'll tell you privately, but we, I, I calculated a terrifying um, business loss with the um with the move to the membership which we felt was god saying you need to move to this and god said now you write a book now now is mm-hmm. the time which required mm-hmm. a huge step of faith because it cut off all income flow yeah right um and you know all those stories they say eric about how the right amount of money shows up in the mail <laughs> I yes you not that happened Charlie got a, an email. He's like, okay, we were fixing all of our insurances. And they're like, so you have this whole life policy that you just need to cash out. Here's thousands. Of the, the exact yeah. amount of money that you needed to cover the shortfall. Yeah. I mean, I didn't That's ever amazing. believe that stuff happened. No, I know. I have a hard time believing it too, unless it, until it happens to you. I totally get and that. It was crazy. Yeah. And so we call it the, mag- the magic uh, emerge surge money. Uh, <laughs> um, and so here's what helped. So that, the reason I bring that last part up is I had a, a lot of pressure to finish it so I could get back to work is the way I was thinking. Cause when I'm writing, I feel like it's just in my notebook on my screen. It's not helping anybody until it's out. So I was like, I have to hurry and get back to work. This was standing in the way between me and my work. So here are are the five things that helped. I shifted from as soon as possible to as soon as possible and as long as it takes. And I did a podcast on this. I don't know if you um, heard it or got the email or whatnot. 
So I should. I did, but I need to link to it. I will link to that episode. Okay. Um, as soon as possible and as long as it takes. And I believe that we live in one or the other. Mm. Uh, as soon as possible creates a lot of pressure. As long as it takes creates complacency. And mm-hmm. I think that in this concept of a game that never ends, um, business, we have to operate in both as soon as possible and as long as it takes. And that relieved the pressure because um, I knew that it had to be done by March 10th, right? Which is my speaking event. So I did publicly state the book will be available when I speak March 10th. Um, so that yes. put me on the hook. But I'd, I'd moved the deadline up because I wanted to get back to work. Right. So I moved it to as soon as possible and as long as it takes. And I knew that, I mean, heck, if it was on Kindle by March 10th, I would have fulfilled it. Like it was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, here, lo- I love the as soon as possible, meaning, and as long as, it, as long as it takes, communicates commitment to me that you are, you're in it for as long as it takes. Like you're not going to quit. Yep. Right. And as soon as possible, meaning uh, you're, you, you have a finish date, like you have a, a date set, right? Is, am I, am well, I kind as of gathering? soon as possible creates urgency. Like I need to urgency. act now, mm-hmm. but as long as it takes to complete, because there are steps to completion. Every big project is broken down into steps. So the as soon as possible is you have to work on this today. Mm-hmm. For as long as it takes to complete. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I love that. That's and I think good. that applies in all areas of business. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I want to have 500 people in my membership as soon as possible, yes. Also, as long as it takes. Adds yes. a level of perseverance and grit. Right. Yeah. If you want to be the next rank as soon as possible and as long as it takes. Everybody only op- operates in as soon as possible. So they turn into a pressure cooker. There's so mm-hmm. much stress and you can't create in that space. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, That's only, only pressure. Only pressure. Only pressure without a little bit of the pressure release. Um, uh, this next one, this is going to help you. Okay. I didn't know how to write a book, Eric, but I have published 373 podcasts. So what okay, I, that's speak, you're speaking do, my language. I did know how to write a podcast and a book is simply the transcript of 20 podcasts. So instead of it being this thing, I don't know how to do write a book. I shifted to, well, what is like this? Well, what I do know how to do is I know how to write podcasts. I know how to write training. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write 20 five to seven minute podcasts. Then in the editing process, I can go back and shift stuff around. When I, I switch to that, I wrote one chapter a day. That's super good. Super help, helpful. Five to seven minutes is doable. And uh, it's amazing how much five to seven minutes adds up to. Well, when you do podcasts, I assume you outline them ahead of time. I mean, they're very well organized. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and then I, I'll speak from the outline. Uh, and that's actually how I wrote my signature speech. So I've got a signature speech as well that I give. There was a lot of time pressure. 
I relate a lot to what you're saying. I had a pressure to get that speech done, get that talk done. And um, in actuality, it was a series of smaller um, episodes. And, but I've never broken it up actually like that and, and broken it up into smaller bite-sized chunks. So I'm, uh, I'm going to take from that the challenge of writing and going back, revisiting the book that I want to create and breaking that up into smaller podcast episodes. I love that. Yeah. Um, and it made it fly. Mm. I mean, really, really. And because what was, as I've written those podcasts before. So some of them, I could take the podcast, copy the transcript, throw it in there, and then just flesh it out. Right? A lot of them, I could do that. Uh, a lot of the stories didn't hit in writing the same way they do in person. So we had to edit those. But it created a great, great first draft. I love uh, that. The third thing I wrote down was what to write. What is your signature speech? What, what always creates the most impact and the most results for us? It's the five keys to making the cells enjoyable. So we created that as like the centerpiece of it and then moved it out. Um, the fourth tip. Okay. So going back to, so this concept of writing a book, you kind of feel like everybody has to like it, right? How do I write something huh. everybody likes? Um, and I stopped that nonsense and wrote it for one person. So if this helps just one person, then this will be worth writing mm -hmm. and moving it from the many to the few. Um, one of the things when I teach social media is you need to picture the person you're speaking to. So yeah. I can easily write a letter to my friend, Eric, who is a leader, mm -hmm. right? Let's, yeah. let's look at Paul's work. All Paul's work is right timeless but it was yeah. always written to a very small set of people and that's what makes it so 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 good um so what i did you're cutting out a little bit friend yeah that's all right i'm not so we're good. You, you are absolutely right i love i love that so, so sorry you you narrow you still there sorry can you hear me yeah, good. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, so you narrowed your your perspective and you, you cut that nonsense. I love that word. Just quit that nonsense. Quit trying to please everyone or write for everyone. Um, because in our nature, I think we do want to be inclusive. We do want to be inclusive, but it's not fair to you because there's absolutely no way that you can please everyone. In what you, in anything that you do, right? Well, especially if you're writing a disruptive piece. So that's the other part of it, right? Is my work is disruptive. It's it's what you always thought was true might not be true, and there might be a better way. Yeah, yeah. So the nature of trying to please everybody <laughs> while being true to <laughs> being disruptive like it doesn't work and so right. what i had to really think is okay you know what this is a gift to my clients and to to help them with their team that's it yeah it, it is a gift to you it is a gift to the people i'm currently working with it is a gift right it is all the things 
in one place so they can easily work with their team. Another thing I really love with that attitude is your generosity. You're approaching everything from a place and a position of giving, and that always creates more, in my opinion. So thank you for, for being so generous. Oh, you're welcome. Your approach. Well, I mean, there's no other way. Otherwise, you'd just be crazy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's really really hard. And then the actual writing piece, in addition to the podcast, um, leaning into um, stream of consciousness type writing, like being comfortable writing a really bleepity bleepity draft first, right. Um, which is what I would teach a client. But obviously when I sit down and write, I want to do the sucker in one shot and be done with it. So the brain is incapable of creating and editing at the same time. I know what the neuroscience says. I know what the research says and I was trying to do it. So create Mm -hmm. messy, go back and edit. And so what I did is I did stream of consciousness. Then I read it out loud to myself then I sent it to Karen, my business partner, and then it went through my business coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried self-sabotaging myself. You want to hear about this one? Yeah, I want to hear about those. Those are always good. Yeah, so my coach fully called me out on it, um, which is where I think it's so important if you're taking on big things to have someone that knows you this well and will call you on it. So I had this great idea to uh, reach out to the most influential leaders that I knew that I didn't know at the time, um, knowing that one of the keys to influence is to ask people's advice. So I would have them take a look at it, right? Give me their thoughts, which would then, they would feel great. And then I would be signed, my book would be signed off on, right? And then we would have more buy-in and all that. And I thought that was a brilliant strategy. Except what my coach called me on was that it was actually my imposter syndrome. And you can, you can hear it, right? But in my mind, it was like so smart, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to take these really influential people. I'm going to have them write on the back of the review. I'm going to have them write a review on the back and they're going to be invested and right. It's going to be that much more powerful. And my coach was like, you are masking your imposter syndrome. You already know this is mm-hmm. good. Mm. Like you have taught this stuff to thousands and thousands of people with incredibly predictable results. It is what I have been coaching on for the past four years. I didn't include anything in there that was like, maybe this will be helpful. It was like, this is helpful for sure. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's right. hundreds of people that have used it. So yeah, she just was like, that's going to delay it. And you're delaying it. And you're trying to do it like you're basically tricking yourself into delaying it and avoiding your imposter syndrome issues. And I was like, you're fired. And she said, I'm in contract, (laughs) which is how this usually goes. You're fired. I'm in contract. And we carry on. That's how marriage works. Well, right. That's how marriage works. Right. Yeah. Um, And I thought that was really relevant because we can sometimes do these really what seemingly are smart things. And I think to a lot of people, right. Who don't, don't know me better. They're like, yeah, that sounds like a smart idea. Sure. Right. Like I've got one owner of a company that loves, like loves me as my friend. Like let's 
do that. Let's do the author of the miracle morning. Let's do right. Like all these, these people that how Elrod get how Elrod to approve it. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd have to get Pat Petrini to approve it, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Miracle morning for network marketers. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, but right. Like I could, I could go that route. I could, give drafts to company VP of sales and have them in on the process. Right. Yeah. But that would obviously delay the thing that I actually need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, I'm, I'm, I don't know, sort of grateful, I guess for, for me <laughs> because what I noticed is I sent people PDFs and I was like, Hey, tell, let me know. Like, here it is. And then I got nothing back. So I sent it like 10 people and nobody said a freaking word, Eric. Yeah. And so I'm like, I sent one to one. I can't wait to read it. I got a message 20 minutes later. You don't talk about Cutco at all. And then crickets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I was losing my bleepity bleepity bleep. Right, right. I mean, just unreal disaster. Yeah. Nothing had happened. Literally. Well, the beautiful thing about this day and age is there's nothing keeping us from being successful in getting our opinion out there. There's so, it's almost as if you just were just trying to put up your own roadblocks to block yourself from putting this out. And, and it started happening. They started giving you crickets, which plays with your head and messes with your mind when you don't get any response at all and start making up things. And then you get a comment like, Oh, there's no Cutco in it. Well, and Cutco being your former uh, company that you were uh, working with. Um, and it, it just, it just was beginning to self-sabotage. So praise God that you had a coach that could speak truth into, yeah. into your life and uh, enable you to get out of that before it got too deeply rooted. Yeah. Well, and I had to tell my business partner, I said, okay, I'm going to need to borrow your belief for about 90 days. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to write this in an unbelieving, um, uh, broken might be extreme, but in a, that type of place, like I'm just yeah. going to write this with a glass of wine and a lot of chocolate. And like, it was not my finest, <laughs> it was not my finest 90 days. That's for sure. There was hiding under the blanket. There was way too much wine involved, way too much chocolate. We got to get that together. But like, I mean, this is real talk here, right? Like I could not write. I couldn't. Yeah. And I think, again, let's take it back to the listener and what they're going through. This is exactly what we go through in our network marketing business. Exactly. Right. We're not operating at our most perfect every day. And we self-sabotage ourselves uh, for days and weeks at a time thinking that it has to be perfect. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm, you know, there's all this imposter syndrome that sabotages our success. Yeah. So these are good principles for the, doing anything extraordinary. And, and actually, they're not extraordinary. In and of themselves, each one is not, you know, this earth-shattering, mind-blowing thing. But all together, you can do mind-blowing things and extraordinary things when you, when you 
just don't let yourself off the hook. Right. Well, and I purposely did that. I, I put myself on the hook. Yeah. Right. There will be copies available March 10th, period. My, my finance coach. So this is a funny thing about, well, and this is a courage thing, right? Do you believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself? Um, I have a finance coach, a business coach, and a boss that I've hired for myself. And um, my finance that coach. Sounds, that sounds like my wife. Yeah, it's intense. All three, well, of the, all three of those things are my wife. It's a hard role for your wife. I'm just kidding. Um, but my finance coach was like, what are you going to do to hold yourself accountable? I was like, oh, you're new here. Clearly <laughs> I have made a public statement. There is no, there's no turning back. Once I had made that statement that it would be available at that speaking event, there was no turning back. Yeah, that's good. That's um, good. because then it became a gift for my audience versus a thing I was doing when I had yeah. time. Yeah. That's um, great. It's really good. So give yourself, <clears throat> give yourself a deadline, put, put yourself on the hook for it where, where you get to the point where if you don't do it, there's going to be such disappointment, not in yourself, but other people. You're, you, you're almost letting other people down. You're not able to give the gift to them that you promised. And that was enough. That was one of the things that was enough to get you to follow through. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. All right. Listen, Tasha, anything else specifically that you want to make sure we cover in this conversation? Because we didn't even really talk about all the elements, these beautiful, wonderful things in the book. Maybe we need to have a, a part two at some point um, where you dive into some of the elements of the book. But anything else specifically about the challenge of writing and how you got through it? Uh, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of it. I, I think it's so important to surround yourself with people who believe in you when possible. Um, and this is something I do talk a lot about all joking aside, right? Like my staff that manages me, it's a huge investment. And so what I, I think God has called me to do, um, I know I'm not the person yet who am I supposed to be for what God has put in front of me. And so I take the proverb, uh, though it costs you all you have, pursue wisdom or purchase wisdom or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I do that very seriously because um, I, I needed to have someone who would walk through the process. I needed to have a cheerleader. I needed someone that would hold me accountable. I needed someone who had the details, right? There's, you know, God asks us so much to pursue wisdom, pursue wisdom, pursue wisdom, pursue wisdom. And then we sit here alone and try to do things on our own as if our wisdom, our wisdom is going to take us to the next, to where God is asking us to go. Well, isn't that exactly what the enemy uses to distract us? He wants us alone. He wants us separated from God. He wants us separated from community. He wants us separated from others so that he can deceive us or we can deceive ourselves. Well, that's exactly right. And I remember this one moment, I was really struggling with my intro. It was the last thing. And I'd sent it over to Karen. She sent, kept sending it back, rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. And so she's like, I'll, like, let's meet at three o'clock today and I'll help you with it. 
And at 255, I was like, I can't even meet with you. I've never, never blown off my business partner. And I was like, I can't even have this conversation. And so she had to like work me through text and finally get me on right at like 15 minutes late and start working me through that process. And you know, when we, when you find yourself going into solitude, not solitude to work, there's, I mean, we can't distract ourselves with people, but when we find ourselves like feeling shameful about that and we're like, okay, well, I need to go do this on my own there. I just don't think that's how God created us. I just don't. And Mm -hmm. I, I want to remind you that if you feel like you don't have the wisdom to get you to where you want to be, that the wisdom is out there. And I know I'm biased because I am a coach and that's literally what I sell. But I mean, I, for me, I have been so transformed by the pouring of wisdom into me that I just kind of can't speak about anything without talking about this idea of, do you, you know, believing in yourself enough to get the wisdom that you need? Man, that's so good. And I know your hound dog is barking, but it, I can barely hear him. Um, uh, just to finish up, I want to just end on a practical note for the network sure. marketer. What I'm hearing you say is to not allow yourself to be vulnerable by getting alone or thinking that you're in this battle alone, because when you're in it alone, you, you have a greater likelihood of losing mm-hmm. or sabotaging yourself. So practically speaking what what would be the minimum that you should put yourself around in terms of the type of person or 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 um because we naturally in network marketing we have an upline we have a downline so we have an upline that we can hold that we can ask us to hold ourselves accountable to um or hold ourselves accountable but we also have a downline which uh can be very helpful. Like those are the people that you want to give to. So, you know, whatever, whether it's a message or an event or something that you need to kind of set a deadline to, Hey, I, I don't want to let them down. Yeah. Very useful. And then would you say a, then a sideline would be your peers. So we do have a natural upside down that, that can keep us accountable if you don't have any money or anything to invest, but you, you hired people. Uh, as a business owner and entrepreneur um, for some of these things as well. So what would you say to all of that? What I'm, what I'm saying, would you agree with that? Would you, what would you add? So, to so I think in and of itself, the network marketing structure controversy doesn't exactly give you what you need. If you're just looking at upline, crossline, downline. One of my friends came over the other day um, and she's a network marketing. She went to a speech and I don't remember all five, um, but she said there are five types of people you need in your life, the mentor, the cheerleader, the advocate, the connector, and I can't remember the fifth. And so people will say, well, my downline, my upline, my crossline, I don't have those, but that's not exactly it because you are an entrepreneur. So it's not about the, the, the title upline right? It's about, do you have a mentor? Do you have a teacher? Right? Do Do you you have have an advocate, an advocate, a connector? What's the difference between an advocate and a cheerleader? Um, so I would say a cheerleader. So I'll take my business partner, Karen. I'll say we joke that she's a CEO. Well, we don't joke that she's a CEO. I did make her the CEO. 
Um, but we call her the chief encouragement officer. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and so she's the one who's like testimonial, 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 get back in there. Mm-hmm. Like, go, you can do it. Right. Like, I'm so proud of you. And then there's my finance coach, Randy, who he is an advocate. And so he goes out into his world and he's like, you need to talk to Tasha. Right. Right. I'm an advocate for you. Um, okay. I think, Eric, you would be, I would put you in the advocate relationship, right? Mm-hmm. You are here saying, guys, friends, like, listen to what Tasha has to say. I'm going to advocate for Tasha's message. Right. Where right. our relationship isn't such that you are in, I mean, you have truly spoken very encouraging words into my life, um, always at the exact time that are they're needed. But I think that that would not, I wouldn't put you in the cheerleader category, the person who's always cheering you on. I believe in you. I cheering you on and I believe in you. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that's different and the mentor. And so sometimes you have an upline that you have surpassed. Yeah. Sometimes you have an upline who is not in a season in which they are working the way you are working. Sometimes you have an upline who isn't nice. Yeah. Right. And I, I've had people who are like, if I had an upline, I would X, Y, right, do this. And what I found from the many diamonds, blue diamonds and presidentials I have coached is many of them do not have an active sponsor. Right. So what's up with that? Right. Mm-hmm. What I would argue, if I looked at the other places in their life, they have people in these roles, regardless of if they're upline, crossline, downline. Yeah. Man, that's so good. I'm so glad you clarified that for me as I brought that up with the network marketing because you did actually come up teacher was the fifth. I think Um, it's teacher. It might be wrong. I'd have to check with my friend. But teacher and mentor are very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, there's also kind of a guide, having a guide in your life, you know, that's just so vital. Anyway, this is super good. I, uh, I wish we could talk more, Tasha, but um, Customer First is customer first the book. book. And we're going to give you all a free copy. Is that okay? We're, yes, please. Let's do it. How are we going to do this? Okay. So I have a couple of options. Um, if you guys go to customerfirstbook.com slash courage, it will, is that good? Yeah. Courage. I like that. Uh, customerfirstbook.com slash courage. Um, you'll hop on the landing page. It, you'll have a place where you can download the full PDF. We decided just to give it away. Um, if you prefer paperback, there'll be a button for Amazon. Um, if you prefer Kindle, there'll be a button for Kindle. Um, those will have prices with them. We can't, we can't give those away for free, but if you just want the PDF, uh, we didn't want anything to be a barrier to, um, this message and maybe my imposter syndrome said, well, you got it for free. So you can't complain. I don't know. Maybe that's, um, but we want to, we want to give that as a gift away to your people. Um, you know, we feel like this message of setting your ego down, the message of the book is put your ego down and put your customer first. And, um, if everything revolves around your customer, your business will grow, but our ego really, really gets in the way of that. Um, and it kind of starts with a, like, you got to deal with the fact that you're in sales. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you do, then you can truly serve your customer better. Um, or they can text customer first to four, four, two, two, two. 
So either way, uh, they'll be able to get a free copy sent over. So text customer first to 244 nope. 44222. So uh, so 44222. Gotcha. Customer first, one word. Yep. Yep. Uh, and Got we'll it. send that we'll send that over. I'm sure Eric will link that up in the show notes. But will we're super do. excited. Um, talk I, about customer first leadership, customer first sales, ego last, and customer first philosophies. So it's a it's a I, advocate piece to the network marketing industry on behalf of your customer. So it might be a little bit disruptive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very disruptive. I'm so glad you did it. I love your heart behind it, Tasha. Uh, Appreciate your generosity. Uh, I know that the, you cannot outgive. Uh, so you just keep giving because you can't outgive God. You can't outgive the results of um, the fruit of what you receive. So um, super, super blessed and thankful for your friendship, even though we've never met in person, your digital friendship, uh, Tasha. And um, uh, I look forward to seeing what customer first, how customer first disrupts our industry because we sure do need it. Love it. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. Thanks, Tasha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.